Hi, so this is Hillary Burns with Get Real and Get Free, where we say what can't be said and the AAA formula for freedom, which is awareness, acceptance, and action. And today I am delighted to be here with Jane Lovis. She is an executive leadership advisor, coach, and consultant. You can find Jane at Lovis, which is L-O-V-A-S, lovisconsulting.com. And her mission is to cause 1 million women leaders in technology by 2030. So welcome, Jane. It's great to have you here. Uh, thanks, Hillary. It's great to be here. <laughs> Let's see. We were talking before we started about an area where you were a little stuck. So I'm just going to let you take, I always say, wait, save that. So yeah. let's start where you might've been stuck and how you got unstuck so we can inspire other people to get unstuck. So okay. go ahead, Jane. The phrase that you read, my mission to cause and elevate 1 million women leaders in tech was really the culmination of a number of different areas of being stuck. And I won't say that I don't get stuck as I'm out to cause that too. <laughs> that was a whole level of clarity. And moving forward is so much easier when we have clarity. This journey, one, started a long time ago, but it really, where I got stuck was about five years ago. And you know how you get these visions or something when you're standing in the shower? Yes. And I'm standing <laughs> in the shower and this statement came to me and it's, I'm here to cause a shift in the paradigm of how businesses do business. And it was so powerful and so clear. I've never had anything that powerful and that clear come out before. I wrote it on my mirror in the bathroom and it sat there and I would look at it and I would go, I don't get it. How am I going to create a shift in the paradigm? That's just too, I can't do that. And so then I put it away. I finally, I actually, I moved and I didn't put it on the new mirror, <laughs> but I've never forgotten it. It can come back. I can just be present to it. It's not, oh, I remember I had this idea once. No, this is to create a shift in the paradigm of how businesses do business it can flow off the tip of my tongue at any time. I just, it's, I don't get it. I'm not that person. I can't do that. I'm not good enough, strong enough, big enough. And it was just so there. When working with coaches and friends, we would keep like picking away at it. And it, caused things in my life. So it caused me to go back and get my PhD in organizational behavior. Wow. Like, oh, maybe this is how I'll, I was trying to figure out how to do it. Mm. And so mm. I did that and that still just wasn't. How long did that take the PhD? It took me three years to do it. Congratulations. Yeah. That's it's an online program. And they took your background into consideration as to what then what you had to do. Mm. So it really made that because boy, at my age, if I had to do it, I've received 
people doing seven years and th things, I was like, ah, maybe I wouldn't have done that. So I spent three years as part of that running a group for primarily women in business. I was a, a small group and we just, we kept doing that. And I thought, okay, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And, when and were I got, you also working at that time? Yeah. When you were getting your PhD. So you had a full-time job as well. I didn't have a full-time job. I was oh. doing some consulting. Yeah. But my kids were all grown. I don't have a lot of that responsibility. And I really acknowledge any woman who does their PhD, if they've got kids at home and they're working, that's where some of that seven or eight years comes through. Yes. You just, there's only so much you can do. Right. So I really was grateful that I could spend a good portion of my time doing that. Yes. So and you got the PhD, you're running the small group. And then what happened? <laughs> I stopped the group and I sort of like froze because I didn't know what to do. I have this fear, like so many other women, that I'm not good enough. So it was like, who mm. am I to now go? And I don't even know what I'm supposed to be doing. So I would try a few things and they never really went any place. And I just, I kept, I was, I was stuck and struggling and I'm a do it yourself kind of person. I'm a figure it out. I'm a very, I tell people I'm very left brain, right brain. My bachelor's and master's are both in information systems. And wow. I was a software developer. So I'm very left brain and I'm not good at asking for help. So I struggled for the next three or four years with this. What am I doing? And I really didn't know how to ask for help. And then I. So were you working at the, you stopped the group? Were you working at this time or no? I, doing some some part time oh, consulting. some consulting right okay yeah not yeah. much but just enough to keep me afloat yeah yeah because yeah. I'm struggling through all of this and going why isn't this working and I just really could not face going back to a full-time job in an organization so I was and that was part of it I was so resistant that I was blocking myself actually it's amazing how we do that we say we want something and then we're so resistant to asking for help or getting support or saying what it is that we really want or looking at other venues. How else could, if I can't go over the mountain, could I go around it? Now, do you think that the not good enough was in the background oh, keeping oh. you? So it's like you're going forward, but you really know you're not good enough. So you're really not going to press into it because not good enough is there screaming at you going, you're not good enough. Right? Exactly. <laughs> I, I remember an experience when That's I was crazy. working as I was managing this large technology project. I'm a consultant in there walking down and I'm walking down the hall and I am just waiting for somebody to tap me on the back of the shoulder and go, you are such a fraud. Yes. You don't know what you're doing. What do you think? Yes, I have that one too. They're just going to take your body and go, we found out. Thank <laughs> you. Put you outside and lock the doors. Right. Don't come back. Yeah. So you're always waiting for that. You're a little nervous all the time, right? 
And instead, what I would hear is, oh my God, you have turned this project around. You have just, oh, thank heavens you're here. But I wouldn't believe that. I would believe it if they had told me you're a fraud. We don't have any Ah. idea why you're here. That I would have (laughs) believed. But to believe them when they said, you've turned this project around, I I could not believe that. So Mm. that's the kind of stuff our mind Yes, does. That mind is a terrible place to live. (laughs) We call it a bad neighborhood. Nothing good comes there. Exactly. Yeah. So then what happened? How'd you get out of that? So I'm in a leadership development program. And that's one of the things that we, it's a a personal professional development. And one of the things that I got is really started getting in touch with these stories. Mm. And what I got to see was how we have these blind spots that we literally don't know. I was talking to, to somebody in the program and finally opened up just enough to share a challenge that I was facing with them. And they said something really innocuous and something that I would say to somebody else. I was like, she said, why don't you ask for some help? And I was like, it literally had never occurred to me that I could do that. (laughs) That was like, what do you mean? I could ask for help. Uh, No, I figure things out. It was such a foreign thought. And it took a couple people saying that my willing to be a little bit open and share And for them to say, well, why don't you ask for help for me to finally really get that I could ask for help Mm. and I could share that I don't know what I'm doing, that I'm, that I have this commitment and it was in that starting to look at that. I, I actually enrolled in a coaching program mm. to be certified. I found a, a, this coaching program that I was really drawn to. And it was in that program that they said, okay, what, when you when you go out and you're talking about this, who are you going to share it with? Who's your, I, who do you want to work with? I can work with anybody. And that's not a sales strategy. Mm. Don't you want to work with me? And so I was having some conversations and it's, who do you really like to work with? What and that brought back up that group that I had. I really like working with women. I get along very good with men. In technology, most of the projects that I ran were all men, all developers, all, and maybe there would be one other woman on the team with me, but pretty much it was typically men. So I hadn't, I, that had been a little inkling in the back of my mind, but I'd never really announced it, never really said, oh, I've done some little groups that I bring. I want to support women. So here I'll do this. I do a a planning workshop Mm. and I have some colleagues and we get together once a quarter and we plan our schedules for the next quarter. And I do things like that. But I'd never really said, oh, this is the focus of my business. So in that coaching program, at the end of the program, when we were talking about doing how to get started marketing and things, 
He said, so who are you going to market this to? And I was like, oh, oh, ooh. And I said, yeah, duh, duh. And that's about (laughs) what I felt like I was doing. I'm thinking about women because there's, and and my background's technology. So maybe uh, women in technology, (laughs) what a concept. And they, they said, okay, so now can you say that? Can you say that like you, like you really mean it, like you own it? I was like, okay, my clients <laughs> are. Uh, I, what was the resistance? What, what do you think that was? I was like, how can I help them? I don't oh. know. What's that back to that? Oh, you're not good enough. Not good enough. Being oh. a fraud. So why was I guess if it's vague, you're not really on the spot, right? Yeah. yeah, I'll help anybody. Sure, bring them over. But if you're saying women in technology, all of a sudden it's like you're supposed to know something. Exactly. Okay. All right. Good. Yeah. So I finally said it. I said, okay, I'm committed to working with women in technology. And like I said, it took about three times to actually get that out where <laughs> I could say it. And that's how things moved for a couple months. And then I was in, in doing a challenge and it was, what's the impact that you want to have in 10 years? Mm-hmm. I was like, Ooh, well, I actually went a little bit shorter because the year 2030 was so much easier to remember. Mm-hmm. So I said, if I could cause and elevate 1 million women in technology by 2030. That would be so freaking amazing. Because I had been reading about the statistics about women leaders in technology. And women are in technology in general, women are almost 50%, which sounds really good. Except when it gets down to upper management, it drops to 4%. And how many people in total are in, I, in, are in IT? Oh, millions. Millions. Okay. So yeah. the million of women leaders is like what percentage of the total do you think? Four, no, if you cause a million leaders, I haven't even looked at, okay. at that. Are there 10 million in total? I guess I, you'd have to say there's 10 million women in total out of a total population of 25 million in IT, like what percentage are you causing or are there not even that many women in it? That's where my, what my, okay. Brain, that's a yeah. good thing. That's a good, that's a good other additional piece of yeah. information. And I love statistics. I okay. love having those numbers. But, well, so, I'll go find that out. Now yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I was just curious, but go ahead. Back to your story. Go ahead. I shared that. I said it out loud to, to somebody They were a guest on my podcast, but I shared it after my podcast. I wasn't even brave enough (laughs) to share it on my podcast (laughs) at that point. And they said, so I shared, I said, can I share something with you? It was like, it was a big secret. (laughs) She was going to laugh at me or something. And I said, I am on a mission to cause and elevate 1 million women leaders in tech by 2030. And she said, oh my God, that's so cool. She said, 
I'm I'm doing the same thing, but I never gave it a number or a time. That's so cool. I'm taking that on. And, and what I realized in that moment was I don't have to know how I'm going to do this. And the more I share it and share it with others, I enroll them because there's no way I am going to cause 1 million leaders by myself. It's going to be because I coach somebody and they impact somebody else and help somebody else rise. My podcast, which is Leadership Reimagined, which women in leadership is critical to that reimagining and male leaders listening to that and going, okay, how are we going to empower and elevate women leaders? So it's all of that. I'm counting. If they've had any connection to me or somebody I know that I've shared this with, it's like, they're in that that group. And how will I know that in 2030 we've improved is there will be a change in those statistics. Now, going back to the shift in the paradigm of how businesses do business, business, that's it. That's it, exactly. That's the difference is there'll be women in leadership. Because women lead differently than men. And what I've been saying, and this is the message that I'm looking to get out is we have so many challenges in the world that need to be solved. Technology is crucial to an impact. When we talk about where does technology impact our lives, it's all over our lives. And so technology is in, I don't look at these are women that are like necessarily software developers or even technologists, but they're the organization they're in is impacted by technology. So it's even bigger. Yeah. It's even bigger. It's a bigger pool that you're working with. Yeah. Yeah. And women lead differently. We as women tend to be much more community focused than men do. So teams and how having people work well together is important. That's what these problems are going to take is people working well together. Women. I would say compassion. Is that compassion? More women. And it's not like men don't have these. It's they have different strengths. Yeah. Yeah. They have these. And so when we balance out, we're going to be able to go further faster. That's great. I think, obviously, when you get something like creating a shift in the paradigm of how businesses do business, you're going, I'm not the one for that. It's that's too big. I don't Mm -hmm. I don't know. Really, it all starts with one person impacting one other person that impacts one and starts that chain of events. The woman that said, oh, I'm on board with you. Are you working with her at all? I am actually pulling together this summer a roundtable because as I have started sharing this, I have started meeting other women that have a similar commitment. So I'm pulling together a roundtable where we can 
connect with one another, share what we're doing, how can we support one another, and just know that there are others doing what we're doing. So we're not alone. Yeah. There's a woman, I read her, I'm in this pen book club, and one of the books we read, I just looked her up because I couldn't remember her name, was it was called Unapologetically Ambitious. Her name is Shelly Archambo. That's her. Oh, and she her she went to Wharton and she her goal. She was very driven to become a CEO by a certain age and she did it. And so she's anyway, you can connect with her. Yes. Yeah, I have. Who knows? Like that's who came to mind. So that's what I'm sharing with you. But she was driven, man, driven. She planned out her kids. She planned out her whole life. No, maybe that's one extreme, but you could borrow some of it. She definitely got up there and she knew exactly what she had to do to get promoted. When that didn't work, she switched company. It was a, it's a very interesting story. And, but anyway. And yeah. that, when we use the word driven versus, I wonder if there was, she was just so clear. She was focused. Yeah. Very clear and focused. And I think that is a challenge for women. We have so many priorities and most of us, even still to this day, family, we are taught very early that family is our number one focus. We see that with the results of the pandemic where women have lost all, almost all the gains they had made up to the pandemic mm. because of leaving the workforce to take care of children, because that's women's responsibility. That's the unspoken mm. and oftentimes very spoken priority. So if somebody's going to quit the, yeah. their job to take, stay home and take care of the kids during the pandemic, when daycare shut down, schools shut down. Who is it going to be? If you read Shelly's book. Yeah. She had a plan. That was just one person. She just made it happen. And she had a husband who was willing to step in and take on, you know, what was a typically women's role. But sometimes you don't have that. But yeah, it is interesting. And it will be interesting to watch you causing a million women and leaders in technology. Yeah. I can't wait to hear (laughs) how you do. And how that roundtable goes and, and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, anything you want to say in closing? Well, the one thing that I'd really like to say is if you're stuck in any place in your life, be honest, be authentic about what mm. you're stuck. Say what you can't say. It's there someplace. And I was in high school, I was in college, I was all these places. And I just could not say, I don't know what I'm doing. And if I had been able to say that and ask for help and felt listened to and heard, I don't know what difference that would have made in my life. I have done a lot in my life and people look at it and go, look at all you've done. And I'm clear, I'm clear that for me, it was a very safe life. Mm. I used to, I even getting your PhD and all that, that was safe. 
that was safe. Wow. Yeah. I had a friend who we were talking about. And one of the things we talked about was living in your backyard. As children, we have a backyard that we get to live in. Mm -hmm. And that kind of frames how safe is the world. She's somebody that has always played it very safe in her life. And she said, I grew up in the city with a tiny backyard and we were not allowed to play anyplace else. She said, the world to me was always a very fearful place. So I grew up in Minnesota on a lake outside of Minneapolis, a big lake. Once we got old enough, we had to do junior life saving and all of this because of living on a lake. And I never knew anyone that there was, there were no kids in my community in the school that I went to that ever died from water. We were taught to be safe around water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I was 13, 14, I could take, we had this little runabout and I could take it out. And my brother and I, and or a friend and I, we could go just about anything on the upper half of the lake, which was quite a ways. And so we would go out and do that. And on Saturdays, we'd go on bike hikes, bunch of kids in the neighborhood. And the only rule was we had to be back by dinner. Our parents had no clue where we went. There wasn't a whole lot of places to go. It was out past us was farm country. Mm -hmm. And we knew a couple places we could ride to. And it was like, it would be like a two hour bike ride to get out there and then back. Wow. My backyard was really big and I felt safe in that I've done lots of things that people would say that's not safe for me. Mm. And it took me a long time to realize that it still was a boundary. Mm. There were still things that I did not feel safe about. And a lot of them were the things like asking for help. Cause we just did all those things. We didn't ever ask for help. We just went and did. Mm-hmm. So it, there was no, What's the next thing that you would do and what help do you need with it? So there was, that was a boundary that I had is everything that I did. And what do you think it was about asking for help? That was the block. Would it mean you weren't good enough Uh, or do you know what I mean? I was the oldest of five kids with a mother who dealt with depression, serious Mm. depression back when that was it. We didn't even know what it was at that time. And my dad was a typical dad, good dad, but not real involved. Mm. So there was really no one to ask for help. Okay. You were it. You were the oldest. Yeah. I was the one that got asked. I figured it out. I watched. I saw what people did. I watched my mom make dinner and, and. She'd teach me a little bit, but she didn't like to cook that much. So anything I did was, was good. So there was nobody really to ask. And it wasn't even Mm -hmm. if she had said, call your grandmother and ask her how to do this, that I would have been encouraged. Right. No, no. She just assumed I would figure it out. So I really think it's interesting, isn't it? It's really interesting. Yeah. We have all these things from our childhood that. They're just running our lives. That's why the first step is awareness. Yes. 
Because until you're aware, you weren't even aware you weren't asking for help. Once you got aware, then you could accept it. All right, this is something. And then you took action. Yeah. And look at you now. Yeah. 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 And the other thing is saying what can't be said. You couldn't say it. Yeah. It's fascinating. So part of that for you too, is what you do is you create the safe space. Mm. And that's what I do too. In the work that I do is create a safe space for people to say, whether it's a, a problem on a software project, leadership, now, you know, focused on, on leadership development, creating that safe space for people to, to be able to say, and so many leaders don't have that because they're the ones that need to be the ones that know it. That's right. And they don't, and they can't show, I think a lot of it is they can't show weakness. We're taught not to show weakness. Like even saying, Hey, I don't understand what you're talking about. That takes something. Mm -hmm. It takes something to say, Hey, can you say that again? You know, Cause you don't want to look weak. And that's, right. I think, especially for women, but anyway, this was great. Thank you so much, Jane. And I will again, loveisconsulting.com L O V A S. And let's help Jane cause a million women leaders in technology by 2030. So if you are aligned with that, if that's something that speaks to you, contact Jane, what's the best way for them to contact you? Your um, website? Yeah. Okay. So loveisconsulting.com, L-O-V-A-S. And Jane is taking it off. And are you a doctor? Do we say doctor? Because you have your PhD. Some people call me Dr. Jane, come on. Yeah. (laughs) So let's join forces and cause this. So thank you so much, Jane. It was great having you. Oh, thank you, Hillary. This was great. Thanks.